This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. My name is Keenan. I am a Mary Conan. And I am at your moisturised feet. I'm James. <laughs> Welcome to Sis Sis That Pod. We talk everything drag race. We live after love drag race, so to speak. And today we're just speaking about Drag Race España, episode 7. And this week it's Makeover Challenge, which is one of your favourite challenges. I wouldn't mention that this week. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't. No, you are absolutely right. The Makeover Challenge is usually... My like one of my favorites of the entire season, and I feel like personally victimized by this episode of Drag Race Spain. If you need another hook to listen to at the episode, listener, that's what you need. <laughs> James's personal victimization in the show. Let's go. So the episode kicks off after Davima's departure. And there seems to be a genuine sadness in the room. I don't understand this. I'm like, I mean, I'm, I am I just like, usually when, like usually the format we've had heretofore has been when a queen walks in that way, that there is kind of an acknowledgement of the fact that they should have stuck to the rules of the competition and an acknowledgement of how many people wanted to be there and would have given them a real chance. And like, there was none of that. There was just, it's like, oh my God, so amazing. What a wonderful kind of uh, generous thing to do. And like, even like uh, Sagittaria was kind of like, oh, it was hard to see my sister go, you know, it was hard to lipstick against her. But it's like, I mean, do you not kind of feel a little bit cheated because you didn't actually win? You like, like, I think mm. that like the implication of what Dovima did was had I actually lip synced, I would have won and beaten her. So I want to send myself home. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. I, it I wasn't like she fell on the sword. It was like the sword was in her and then she just threw herself on the ground. It was uh, like, she exactly. was going home anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, she was. But yeah, so I didn't get all that. It was like a whole heap of unnecessary buffoonery. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, the mini challenge this week, uh, we're just flying through it. On the subject you know, of unnecessary buffoonery, yeah. the mini challenge this week annoyed me so much. First of all, what the fuck is with those flip phones? Like, it's not, the, it's was, not the Matrix. That blew my mind. How can you fold a screen? I mean, I don't know. That was impressive technology. But here's the one main, the main problem I have with it. If you're going to feature these obnoxiously throughout it, then why the fuck was Supreme wandering about the place with like a, a, GoPro. a GoPro instead of like mm. one of the... Like, what was that about? Like that... But you see, they get the phones and then it isn't until later on that they are recording their rugby gals walking that they actually see them. Yeah. No, I, I was very confused by that because it's like they all got given this box and they're all like there with their boxes and, you know, Poopy has a like little aside about how her mother leaves her phone to run out of battery and, and it's all kind of a bit like I do, it just none of it really. <clears throat> I don't know. It was very strange. Yeah, I feel like if this was Drag Race season five, the mini challenge would be. You've got 20 minutes to get into quick drag and give us your best Valley Girl monologue. Talk it into this new Samsung S4 Pre-3692Z Q phone. And that's it. Like the phone is featured in the mini challenge. And it's all about the phone. And it's like a Valley Girl talking into the phone. And then each of them has to do a dramatic flip close of the phone. Whereas it was like, oh, here's the phone. We'll come back to that later when you're not expecting it. And we're not really going to feature it. I got it. Like uh, the whole episode for me was chopped and changed in a weird way and i'm gonna get into like all of the like frustrations i had about it but it's like like things happening 
and obviously having like just stuff happening like out of order or in like a weird order or in a, mm. like an order that didn't make sense. Like, as I said, like if you're going to have product placement, because throughout the rest of the episode, there were so many like lingering shots on this flip phone. But then like at that one point where it would have made sense to actually kind of be like have Supreme going cubicle to cubicle, taking kind of little videos of them. They were using the GoPro instead, which just made no sense. And then the whole challenge didn't really make like the challenge was put on makeup with no mirrors. Why did they have to be in little voting cubicles? <laughs> were they worried that they would help each other to be like, girl, your eyelash is too low? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, also, like, I mean, th- I mean, th- three of them looked grand. Poopy looked sort of like a like a really, I don't know, low energy Lady Gaga like the, art the, pop kind of a the shotgun. Makeup shotgun from The Simpsons. That you know, that was. But no, because you see, we've already seen like Alaska like knew that she wasn't going to be able to do that in season five, and she was like, "Okay, I'm going to do something like that is comically bad," and and like gave us a look that actually's gone on to become iconic. That one with like the, the scrawled makeup. Whereas like there was there wasn't enough wrong with what Poopy did to suggest that this was like uh, I'm going to do really bad makeup to make a joke out of it. Um. Uh, yeah. I like. I, I honestly, and I'm just gonna like. We love a disclaimer, like Bianca Del Rio, girl, a disclaimer, really. But like, this has been one of my favorite seasons of Drag Race we've had in a really long time. I've enjoyed it so much. And I I genuinely think this is one of my least favorite episodes of Drag Race, period. (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, I can't disagree. It definitely wasn't good. It was definitely my least favorite episode of the series. I can't think of anything worse. I remember the episode of Snatch Game in All Stars 3. I hate it just because of the whole Trixie bombing. But I think it was still a good episode. I just was so invested in Trixie's success that <laughs> I was hung over. I just missed a flight and I watched that to pick me up and it made me even worse. So that in my head stands out as a bad episode mm. of Drag Race. Um, was it worse than the world's worst in yeah, season 12? Uh, yes, I, I think it is. So, and uh, like, I'll, I'll give like an overview before we get into the whole thing. Like I think that... What I really like about the makeover challenge is that, you know, you've been with these queens for the last however many weeks. It brings some new people in. It has some new kind of like you get some new energy into the workroom. You get to hear some like new people's stories. You get to see people like have an experience, a transformative experience, talking about kind of stuff. Like you got the beautiful episode, the probably the best episode of Drag Race Holland was that lovely one with the fathers. And it was all about their relationships. Kind of if you think back, you've had like, say, the, the I killed Judy Garland, the Robin Mansions, all these kind of stuff going through this challenge. And like even season 12's makeover challenge where you had like Janet the the planet exactly and in this one it felt and so basically in in makeover challenges that are successful the people who come in to be made over are made the stars of the episode in this it felt like they were very much accessories and there was no focus on any of their storylines with the exception of Fernando's huge penis I learned nothing about any of them until on the main stage where we realized that actually one of the people who was there had been like beaten into a coma for two days as a result of Asian hate, Asian hate at the very like launch of the pandemic, the COVID pandemic. And it's like, where was that conversation when you were giving 25 minutes to talking about Fernando's big dick? Like, uh, it just, and all, like, uh, I mean, it also really annoyed me, like, who was it? Uh, Jose, I think, had, like, only come out in the last, like, five years. And Jose goes, like, oh, 
I only came out five years ago. Poopy then goes on to speak about like the difficulty of like, you know, being a queer person in like a very conservative family. That's kind of, you know, an interesting thing to hear about. It's a perspective a lot of people can understand. And also the change that's happened since Drag Race started. But like, we never went back to find out more about Jose's story. But why did he start coming out five years ago? How has that journey been for him? Has like being on the, like, again, to go back to hating on Fernando, we got more of Fernando giving kind of like a like a high level TED talk about the structure of the International Gay Rugby Federation and like the, um you know, kind of how the, the different tournaments are organized to Killer Queen in a very disinterested mode than we did of any of the other people's stories. And th- this is what that's what really annoyed me about this episode. It all felt like it was kind of almost making fun of the challenge or something or like kind of. Like, it was all this big joke or something, which I just really, which really just put my back up. Yeah, look, I uh, I did write down when I was doing my notes, I was like, I found the objectification of Fernando annoying. I just think, even like, even stuff in Love Island and stuff, this whole narrative about a big dick, I'm like, can we move on from that? You're born with whatever you have. It doesn't really matter how big it is. Can we just get over it? And again, it's like this... I was just like, you know, oh yeah, let's take the guy with the biggest arms and objectify him as if he's an Adonis and just skirt over the other three guys as if they're like not even worth it. I just, yeah, it just was kind of like, okay, whatever. Like this is what we should be focusing on. Yeah, completely. Like, and it was like also like, I mean, particularly within the gay community, there is like an absolute sort of premise given to like super attractive guys. And you saw at the very beginning of the episode or the very beginning after Carmen win the mini challenge and was like told that she could pick before she'd even selected your man started walking forward because that's the experience of the gay community he's had where he is always picked first and he does always get focused on because he is the attractive person I'd say it was a smack in the face to him that he didn't get picked first out of that lineup and I'm not saying anything negative about him I'm sure he's a grand perfect really nice guy but just this like is a massive step back in terms of the way that the makeover challenge in Drag Race has been used in the past to highlight people who've been traditionally marginalised or pushed out to the edges. It was very much like, oh, here's a guy who was beaten into a coma. Here's another guy who's obviously very effeminate and we wonder about his story. We never get anything from your your man that Carmen was was uh, was paired up with. And then this guy who only just came out. Um, and like, we're not going to focus on them at all. We're exclusively going to talk about Big Smiley Fernando and his big dick. And I, I also was just like, um, Sagittarius was like poking her head behind the partition, have a look at the stick. I was like, that is so inappropriate. Oh, like honestly, like could you imagine that happening? Like I, I like you said, you said, um, like Love Island there. Like, could you imagine that those sort of conversations happening about like the size of a girl? Well, mm-hmm. they do kind of happen about the size of a girl's tits in terms of like, oh, she's yeah. Like, but if a girl was getting changed behind a partition and the lads are looking behind it, like it would be like uproar, and rightfully so. Completely, I, and it just like I don't know, like the. Uh, yeah, it was all just very awkward. Like, it was, it was just really, It was awkward, really awkward and it was inappropriate. And I was just like, this is not what we need. But I, and Joe, I, I didn't actually tie a line from that Fernando moment to uh, Tomas's sort of, you know, moment on, on stage. Um, and think, oh, we got that, but we got that. But yeah, I mean, you're dead right to pair. Like, that was obviously such an interesting story that we could delve into. And such a relevant story. Like, there's going to be no better time to tell that story of anti-Asian hate. Sorry, anti yeah hate against Asians um 
than right now. So yeah, uh, yeah, and I mean, sense. and also, I mean, I suppose like you know, these these episodes were obviously edited over the last period, the last while. There's been a spate of like homophobic attacks in Spain against members of the LGBT community. Like this is, while not necessarily tied to that, it certainly has a relevance to it about people expressing feelings of hate through violence against minority groups, and it's like. You know, like, I know we did get that on the stage, but it very much, like, it felt kind of like, like, I don't know, I just feel like that there is a, there's more of a a sense of authenticity to things when they are, even if it is all, like, framed, and we know, like, the conversations are kind of staged in the workroom to some extent, but there is still more of a feeling of authenticity if you can see them all talking about it, sharing their experiences of it, supporting each other rather than, and like bring it up again on the main stage. Absolutely. But just, I, I like, I think that's the thing. Like you, you think back to some of the, the conversations that people have had are like the realizations that people have come to in that makeover challenge about kind of their own relationship with their parents or their relationship, you know, all of these different things. And it, it just so lacked any of that throughout it, that then it also, it almost sort of cheapened, what had happened to him that it was brought up in this kind of like oh yeah by, by the way what, what's that thing that happened to you like it, it <laughs> yeah and actually and like i mean this is such an indictment that you know when sp- Dra- drag race and under does it better than than your series but like there was actually no conversation about the importance of having gay sports groups and what they mean for the community and you know the drama like i think we spoke about a few weeks ago when that came up and down under yeah no absolutely and and like like that was actually like there was kind of a reductive description of like there was kind of a reductive description of what the reason that there's inclusive rugby teams it was like oh we want to have a space where like non-masculine non-masculine men can go to play rugby and i was like well not all gay men aren't masculine and not all straight men are masculine so it's not about the like level of femininity or masculinity of the individuals who are taking part. It's about the fact that it's a space where people of all gender identities and all sexualities can feel welcome. So I, I don't know, like right from the very beginning, like as you're hearing right from the very beginning, this and I, you know, we were we, we were I wasn't supposed to be available to record for this episode. And I was very kind of thankful for it because I was like, I have nothing now. Yeah, we were say. supposed to have a guest and they didn't show up. So <laughs> James was the super sub on his own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know if there's anything you want us to particularly touch on in the first half of the episode, but... I mean, that, I mean, I think I've touched on everything. I think, I think we've touched on what we find most important. Uh, I don't know. I just want to delve into Poopy's story, but I think it's just time we move on to the actual runway, is it? Um. Yeah, I think so. 15 <laughs> minutes into the episode. This is, a, this, is, this is a new high. Anyway, let's get into it. This, this will be a shorter episode. Than usual, I'm guess. Um, so let's kick off. So Carmen, uh, well, we'll go in order of the runway. So Poopy was the first. And their uh, makeover partner, Jose, was called Peppy Passion. And they went for this sort of cheerleader style, you know, blue jumper. And a, even, you know, Poopy didn't even have a proper skirt on. It was like, I don't know. It was, it was awful. Like, the only thing I could say was you could definitely see the family resemblance and that was just like bad makeup. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. And like, it just, a Poopy And the heel breaking. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> but also like the heel, the heel like, like, you know, on its last legs in the workroom, we saw the like the heel, and it wasn't even a big heel. It was a tiny little, little, you know, mm. yeah, two inch yeah. thing. 
I know. Um, but yeah, so like, it, I, I, I have written terrible, messy, and unforgivable uh, as the three <laughs> as the three words I have about that. Um, but unforgivable. <laughs> I, like I also like I, I just think that like that obviously we see during the lip sync that there was another dress underneath it and like that collar thing was so non. But that was that was also awful. But at least it had something more about it. Like it had a bit of glitz and it had like a bit of kind of. But it was off know, the like, shelf, right? Like, sexiness. Looked- yeah. No. Absolutely. Like you're buying that in the Ilac Center, a hundred percent. But like. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> but. It, but at least like it had a, more of a shape to it and it, it like kind of showed some sort of like drag body to it and I feel like as if probably may, maybe they were to take that off on the runway but then when your man's like shoe fell apart they were like okay let's not make this any more challenging than it already needs to be by kind of adding a kind of a also like an overhead jumper in drag when you're wearing a wig what? like honestly <laughs> Cut that bitch up the back and put like a snap in. Honestly, like it's not that difficult. They had no neck, like either of them. It was, yeah, it was bad. It was bad, bad, bad. While they had no neck in, they also had quite a lot of neck to be coming out looking like that. (laughs) Yeah, it was bad. I mean, now that we have like the benefit of time on our side, now that we're kind of through the whole series with Poopy, you know, how do we actually feel about kind of their performance and their aesthetic? I'm still I still don't know like there's part of me that's like oh all drag is valid which it is so I should accept that her point of view is this I trashy like bad drag but it doesn't mm. seem purposeful enough for it to be that either yeah I, I remember that, um, like, Michelle Visage talking, like, calling out Shangela back on, like, season three or whatever it was, um, or I can't remember when it was, calling out Shangela at one point and saying, like, I don't feel like you, like, I don't feel like, you know, you want to be a drag queen. I feel like you want to be an entertainer, not a drag queen. I get that vibe of Booby. I think mm. that the art form they've navigated and done well in is drag, but they aren't necessarily, like, a great drag queen. And I do think, like, they... Like, their talking heads have been the best throughout the season. They've definitely been very entertaining. But I struggle to recall anything they've done. Except maybe Snatch Game, where I go, oh, that was really good. That was well done, well executed. And, like, that would be... Yeah. Like, I feel feel they they were sort of a Tina Burner-style queen, which was... You see that promise, that comedy straight in the first episode by Tina Burner and her chats with Ross... And with Poopy in sort of the first episode yeah. on stage being funny. And I just found myself repeatedly being like, okay, here's Puppy sitting forward in my seat and then being disappointed by not getting kind of the level, the Bianca Del Rio level of comedy that I was hoping from them. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I think that they came in with a big reputation and then it just sort of, it, it never materialized. Like, never materialized. Yeah. It was sort of similar to Art Simone in a way. Except for mm. at least Art Simone had like a very like refined yeah exactly throughout it. But like, what are the words? Like, not only was she consistently funny, but not funny enough. She had like by far the worst set of runways of the franchise's history. Yeah, completely. Like, and that's taking into account like um, Rebecca Glasscock walking in in a pair of Miss Sixty jeans. Like, it is. You know, like it, it's it was like tragically bad. Yeah, and and I'm still 
I'm st- uh, I'm leaning towards it wasn't okay, but I I feel there is an argument there to be like, but that's her aesthetic, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't no, know. I I I kind of think that like like with like with everything we say about any challenge, you know what's going to be expected of you at Drag Race, and you know that like you know if you're like if you aren't a look queen, like if you look at Jinx Monsoon, like she when she was going through her season, like got a lot of negative feedback about her her looks and tried and tried and tried to elevate it and, and elevate it and elevate it, whereas it feels like Poopy's been getting the the critique across the season of. You, you, your looks need to be better and she hasn't even tried like she's kind of like well I just brought what I brought so I'm just gonna stick with it and it's like that that's not I don't know like I, I would say that she's probably the most entertaining queen with the exception of Carmen on the series and that her talking heads were necessary to keep it really kind of moving along but yeah I, I was happy she didn't make it to the top three overall yeah I think so too Next up was Carmen and Carla uh, with this sort of tartan Sherlock Holmes look. And I wonder, while we're sort of reflecting on the franchise, is Carmen Ferrella the best seamstress that's been on the show? I mean, I would easily say so. I mean, I I, don't, I, I won't easily say so because I can't remember. I mean, like Utica Queen was amazing, as was yeah. Gigi Good. But I, I certainly think th- that this is impressive. Like this is in terms of time frame, everything, every week, yeah. Like there, there is like I think that's one of the things about this season. It has had sort of like a a feeling of kind of the slapdash early seasons of Drag Race, which has been nice and refreshing to see. And Carmen fits that mold. I think of like one of the like season one to three queens, where it was more kind of like you know handmade, trying to like make it up as you went, like kind of arrive with a bolt of fabric and then try to make it work. But, like, the quality of what she's been doing, the quality of what she's putting out, if you think of that dress last week that she whipped together in an afternoon, it, like, it's it's unbelievable. And to and, herself and, and Carla two, looked so gorgeous. Two corresponding, matching but not identical looks in a night. Like, yeah. it's fantastic. No, it is absolutely unbelievable. Like, completely unbelievable. And at this um, point, like, you know, in this point of the US, the... Um, the makeover challenge isn't actually a sewing challenge because they all just bring two corresponding looks because yeah. they know it's coming up. So it was kind of good to see this back again. But yeah, I mean, she's just fantastic. I can't falter. No, I really can't either. Like, absolutely flawless, gorgeous. Was like, absolutely. I would not be surprised if the plan for this episode was to have all four of them lip sync. And then okay. Carmen did so well. They were like, we actually just can't put you in the in the bottom. Because the way they had... Th- like, I felt like getting on to Killer, I thought it was really unfair that Killer had to lip sync in that, in that bottom three. Mm. I just thought there was no... There was absolutely... Like, there was no reason for Killer to be in the bottom... To have yeah. to be up for... for, for the, or as Jan would say, lipstick eligible. Uh, <laughs> on the basis... <laughs> on the basis of this performance. But no, I thought Carmen was, was... Carmen and Carla both looked absolutely beautiful. There was a real family resemblance. I enjoyed... And the Carla sort of... was a woman. Oh, yeah. The word Sakesha, a motherfucking woman, baby. That's right. <laughs> but that walk was... Like, that walk was everything. That was like... Even in the runway, like... Or in the workroom when she was getting ready, you could see... I was like... This queen has done drag before. There, mm. There is no way that this is the first time this person is putting on heels. Like, there is no way. Um, now, I would say... I, I feel... Killer got a better family resemblance than Carmen, if I were to falter. 
But the makeup was still good. But I no, I think though that kill like I would say that Carmen's makeup is like. Carmen's makeup more uses the features in her face to just create like a, a, an illusion of the face that she had, like a, an amplified version of the face that she has. Whereas I think Killer has a more distinctive makeup style. So I think it's easier for Killer to create a family resemblance because there's a more distinctive style. Um, I do agree, like in, in some ways, like the like Carla was was very pale by comparison to to, to, to Carmen and perhaps like trying to amplify the tan might have been something that mm. like would have brought more of a uh, might have brought more of a, a family resemblance but like you know they, he, she they, she made a joke on the runway though about that about how they were like was it sisters you know sister or sisters with different fathers or something like that yeah um, and actually the judges didn't really talk much about family resemblance that's more Michelle Visage's take where she's like I didn't get the family resemblance <laughs> <laughs> exactly I need to see the birth cert. <laughs> I need to see your 23 in me. I want to know the history yeah. of that family tree. Exactly. Uh, well, let's move on to Killer then. Killer and Slayer Queen. Again, I thought this was a great family resemblance. The outfits did look a bit more budget, but they were still good. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'd love to have known whether they were made there or whether they were brought. Um, mm. I know that there was references to kind of how sh- that there was only, like, one set of, like, one matching set of underwear that had to be, like, put between them. I do think as well that as much as I've come for Fernando, he was a very, very handsome man. And that usually on the in this sort of challenge, when you have, like, very masculine people, it's hard to to get that like feminine look and i thought that like killer managed to achieve that really well um i think they were lucky that they both had a very similar smile they both had like a really big smile that really helped them yeah no i think so and i I do think as well like if you like to go back for a second to to carmen pairing the people up i do think carmen did a very good job in the way that they matched up the queen with the with the, the the person that they were going to be making over um yeah, I thought it was really good. And I just think that over the course of this season, Killer has gotten stronger and stronger. And it feels like there's been kind of a progression. And like even in her own style and look. Because I thought that this face-wise was the best that she's looked. Mm, in a while, yeah, definitely. Uh, finally was Sagittaria and Neptuna. I was like, is that, why not Capricorn? Like, why not something? I know Aquarius gone. Uh, area, I don't you could have worked something out that was also a star sign. You chose a planet. Yes, I I do think that, like I that just like I think that for for this the decision to put the the breastplate on and then leave the nipples out was the beginning and end of it for me. Like like the, like the, there was just there was I don't know like I I got the I did get the kind of kind like the sort of two superhero type kind fifth of people element together thing. fifth element thing and like I did think that like Sagittaria looked great um you know and and as Derek Berry would say like there was a hem that she hemmed it all but I was But they didn't go together they were the same red and that was it. Yeah. It, it was it was like opposites more so it was like here's somebody wearing as little as possible and here's somebody wearing as much oh, as possible. Also I I felt like Sagittaria and I could be wrong because I, I'm trying to remember the looks back over the last number of, of weeks. Like, has Sagittaria worn the breastplate much? I don't I think so. so. So I'm like, well, if, if you're trying to go for family resemblance, then kind of if you're like one of the like bare chest girls, like really shouldn't that be what you're trying to feature? Mm. Because like that, it, it would be like if, you know, Violet Chachki came out with the makeover and like gave a big old pair of titties to, 
to the person to be like, this doesn't, this isn't your brand. And um, so I did find that weird. And I also think that like when you realized that the, the areolas were going to be featured, that it should have been a problem and they should have been either covered or removed because it just, it, and not because there's anything wrong with having tits out on the runway, but just when it's drawing attention to the fact that the outfit doesn't fit. But it, it, it was presenting, well, yes. And it was like, you know, you don't know, was it on purpose? Was it not that they just go with it? But then also it's like, what are you, ta- what are you saying about the character? This like, you know, Jimbo style kind of trampy yeah. lady who's getting her, her tits out for every for entertainment purposes. <laughs> and then this like stick thin model-esque pouty. It was like, th- th- they don't go together. She's lecherous. Squeeze, squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> Dolce de leche. Uh, yeah, this arguably, in like obviously, she knows how to paint makeup. But other than if you were to, if you were to put makeup aside, okay, if we put makeup and outfit actually aside, this was the worst. <laughs> like, okay, Poopy had a better concept, is what I'm saying than this. This was the worst. I, I do, yeah, and I do, I do think that like Poopy managed to capture a lot of what her energy is in the makeover, and you know. And th- th- I suppose like this goes back to what I was saying overall about the episode is that a lot of times you get quite invested in a queen doing well because you've become attached to the person whose story you've heard. And we didn't hear any of the people's stories. So I didn't really care about any of their experiences on the show. And I don't know if like this is me. Like this is, this is just because I really love this makeover challenge. And, and like, you know, whenever they do it and even on other shows, I always really enjoy it because I, I like that kind of the connection, seeing people getting to know each other. So like when they came, when the judges came through and they were kind of like asking each of them kind of about, um, like they were asking, you know, kind of like each of them about their experience. It was all through the prism of kind of like whether they'd gotten on with their queen. So it was just all we learned about Jose slash Pepe was that they loved Poopy. They were like, I had a nice time because I was doing it with Poopy. And it's like, oh, OK, cool. But I really didn't learn anything about you or Carla, for that matter, who just said I had a fun time. You know, so like there was like there was you weren't yeah. invested in any way in like whether like, you didn't establish were. the character of these people who you've just met. Kind of. Yeah, exactly. And then it, you kind of were like, well, what am I supposed to take away from this? You know, like there's like other than well, other than Fernando's well, Tomas big dick. managed to to pivot from look at my big areolas to here's a personal story. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, just like uh, like a massively relevant story that should have really i would have said been the kind of the arch of the whole episode like i think that it should have been because like a conversation in the workroom about any of them experiencing kind of like hate or like you know it it really should have been the the root running through the whole thing the thread running through it and and they've shown that they are good at it because there's been great conversations at the start about non-binary identities and all these sort of things yes and they just gave up i feel the producers didn't possibly like pre-interview them or something like that they were just like i oh, will throw them in and see what comes up rather than be like okay tell your story you know yeah no and yeah and you know i would agree with that because i think that probably that would suggest then that the the like the whole thing about being assaulted probably only came up maybe at some point during the day and they were like oh we need to get that story because it'll be a good one so then the, the runway was the only opportunity for it but yeah, um, again, we get to Killer and Slayer and all we get to t- hear about are the fact that the padding is showing and then they have like a big giggle about the idea of this sexy man tucking. And do you know what the episode... <laughs> the episode... 
<laughs> I'm just laughing at the expression on James's face. Um, I'm <clears throat> the episode was over an hour long, and I was like, I don't know how we're going to fill it. And after the critiques, like there was a bit of time, like we saw an extended bit of Untucked where Killer was like, "Oh, I feel like I'm in the top this week, and I feel this and this." And then like, "Oh, but so I feel Poopy's like, well, I feel you're just kind of shitting on my drag." He's like, "Oh, well, I actually feel I deserve to be the one to go home this week." And you're like, "What's going on here? What are you playing about? Are you backtracking? Are you genuine? What's this about? I didn't need to see this." <laughs> It made no sense. Like, I mean, the like the kind of the the sort of shadyish moment where yeah, where kind of killer sort of inadvertently suggests that like you know that poopy would be the one not in the top four or the top three. Like, I get it. Like that is like a traditional sort of moment of 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 shade within the within the the thing, but it just it didn't get made out. Um, it did. It, I I I also like on the term on the terms of the the like the length of the episodes, because you had an hour, and it's like you get back to the main stage after they've had that extended bit of chat in the um in the untucked moment, and at, the judges are saying, "Oh, we've made our decision," and then it's like, "But tell us what would you say?" So it just was like this weird feeling of like this is out of sequence because why would you have made your decision before like you've made your decision before you've seen this bit like like I, this is just to go back on this like weird sequencing again like there was a bit sort of early the like the first bit of like objectification of Fernando was after like th- that we saw was him having put on all of the body and like walking around the workroom in the tights with the like with the pads on and then like five minutes later he's talking he's talking and it's like well obviously this happened like this obviously happened before this so Mm -hmm. this sequencing feels weird to me like why did he take everything off and take everything out again so this is the benefit you have of watching it twice i've only watched it once well look (laughs) <laughs> anyway did you think I, Envy I, Peru was a good judge I thought Envy Peru looked amazing but didn't really add a huge amount <laughs> I I quite enjoyed her there I think it's the first time ever we've had a former contestant on the judging panel with the exception of Brooklyn Heights yeah I suppose because she's yeah okay fair enough but I suppose she's a no I, yeah judge, I know I, 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 I yeah no I, I, I agree I think it's the first time that a winner has been invited back as a guest judge and I, or like as a as a guest uh, on that like peer level, mm. um, and I as, like, an, I as an extra special guest has ever been a performer drag. Queen. Yeah, we'll say that one. Yeah, and I I would say that I like I liked that, and I think that it would mm. be fun for them to kind of keep doing that with the the other kind of things. I would have probably well, I don't know what the the finale is going to be like. I assume it's going to be family only, which is what they usually do. But it would have like it would have been nice to have seen one of the like one of the American queens because I, I don't mm. know whether they'd bring a bit of glamour. Glamour. Um, so Cal Surprise, Carmen wins, and the other three are basically told, "Time for you to lip sync for your place of stamp," said Carmen in the final. Yeah, they lip sync to Chinoa's "Cuando Tu Vas." Best part of the episode was a good song. I think I really good song, it. and I enjoyed that lip sync again. As I said already, I did not think the killer deserved to be in the bottom. I thought killer gave a solid performance in the challenge mm. and also in the lip sync. Um, but I just thought it was unnecessary to to leave her. Oh, Joe, we missed the message to the younger self. Oh, that's what, yeah. So that's what, that's like how they made the decision, and then the the message to the to younger self. I mean, this is never something I enjoy 
as a part of a drag race season i think mm. that it's often just sort of trying to wedge a bit of emotion out of you when you but you're still complaining that they didn't wedge the emotion out of us earlier on <laughs> uh, yes but like in a way where it's like well this is this is these people's one episode that they're going to be on drag race yeah, and i true. want to learn some more about it uh, yeah like i didn't think it was particularly good like i don't really mind this as a as a recurring feature of the show i think some of the queens give some really good speeches and i i and maybe this was just a lazy substitute person substitute subtitle person but i didn't really think any of the speeches were great yeah i didn't really get the sort of yeah no i'd agree with that like i i think like you were reading the subtitles and it was kind of i think poopy's main thing was like don't be scared carmen's was it's not going to be easy but it'll get better sagittarius people will hurt you but it'll get better and killer was you'll have a hard time just be kind to other people like it was really just sort of basic sort of stuff you've heard a lot of times in 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 different formats but also a lot of people's experiences are similar and people learn the same things that's fine perhaps after this length of time we're just you're hearing the same things come up but yeah i i again just thought that the placement of it was strange because it was like we've made the decision now here talk about this and it felt like then is that not being taken into account this bit or not i don't think it normally is well that's fair enough i guess but it's normally in the finale anyway yeah. um with the message to your younger self i i think i feel people just kind of just do a summary of their life up to that point and I kind of felt that's not what you want to do. You don't like maybe this is me freaking out too much about the space time continuum. But I'm like, don't tell people what they're going to face because then they're not going to face it. And, you're, you know, it's a spoiler. And those opportunities have important learning moments, but you should give them the tools to help deal with them better. That's what I think it should be about. So I think it should all be vague, like, you know, oh, make sure you do this and make sure you spend more time with that person because they're going to stab you in the back. But keep it all vague rather than. So then you're going to turn nine and then you're going to get acne and then you're going to be 14 and you're going to be jilted by your boyfriend. Like, I don't want a, a running history of your life. Yes. Yes. No, I agree. And I do think that the most affecting and most moving ones have felt like they were more in that kind of thing where it is sort of like it's not kind of uh, like a yeah like a checklist of these are the things that'll happen it is more kind of like you know the like almost even saying like the things you're gonna go through are gonna give you the tools to be now who you are like a bit more kind of of that kind of a thing rather than sort of yeah like and then you're gonna get a really bad haircut and everyone's going to say that you shouldn't have worn those shoes but they were nice so that's fine um i think you and i should do a little we'll do a live show we'll pull out a little picture for younger selves and we'll do how we think it should be done yeah i my picture of a younger self will be me before i watch this episode and my, my advice will be <laughs> don't <laughs> so basically we are part of the headstuff podcast network uh home to many wonderful podcasts of all all different tastes uh, I'm sure you know of this much you might be sick of listening to us at this point but honestly go check some of the podcasts out there's some great ones on there we love Fascinated we love Double Love and 
I know that face if you're a movie fan, there's loads on there. But the one we're going to highlight for you this week is from Stephanie Preisner. It's called Basically. And she just tries to kind of open up her understanding of the world and bring you as a listener along with it. She speaks to some high profile people about some high profile topics. And it is all just a sort of communal learning experience. So let's have a clip. My name is Stephanie Preisner and my podcast is called Basically. And basically it makes complex things basic. Are you confused by health insurance? Are you confused by getting a mortgage? Are you confused about how to sort out your personal finances? Any of the things that confuse you, I can make basic for you. We've had guests like Luke O'Neill, Harry Barry, Mary Lou MacDonald, Roz Purcell and on Taoiseach, Micheál Martin. It's hard for me to promote the podcast because it really is what you want me to explain. So tune in and I hope you like it. So yeah, a disappointing episode of Drag Race Espana. A misstep from a very good season though. Mm. You know, yeah. like I think that, like I, I stand by my, it was the most, and I think that the reason why it was the most disappointing episode of of Drag Race that I've watched is because I've had such high standards mm. for 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 the, the series overall. Um, but let's mm. hope that we get like a really big finish. That, that well that's nice. it we'll be back in two weeks actually because next week is a reunion and we figured you know I mean we got 40 minutes out of this week's episode we don't know what <laughs> what we're going to get next week so we'll be doing the reunion and the finale in one go in two weeks time so you have a bit of a you know you have to wait two weeks for the next bit of España but at least you get two in one then if you are you know bereft and want more content and you don't support us over Headstuff Plus head over there headstuffpodcast.com for the price of five euro, you can support the show, keep it going, keep us chugging through these seasons. And there's a few bonus episodes up there as well to keep you entertained. I would strongly recommend it because not only would you get access to all of our bonus content, of which there is plenty and it is wonderful. You also get all the bonus content for all of the shows on the network, including um, Stephanie Praisner, um, who you heard earlier in the show. Who'll mm-hmm. have Fernando on talking about his big dick next week? Because that's like the topic on everyone's uh, on everyone's lips. on everyone's mind. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so actually, I, I thought we would do a quick pop quiz, James. Uh, since Amy Pru was on this week's episode and the announce of uh, Drag Race Holland season two, I'm wondering, could you name the ten queens who were on Drag Race Holland season one? Mm, okay, I'm gonna <laughs> okay. try. Yeah, good. Rome service. Yeah. Patty Pam Pam. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that one with a face like a foot, um, whose name I can't remember. Then there was Chelsea Boy, Cedar Jean, Abby Oh My God, um, Mama Queen, and an array of others. <laughs> Envy Peru, of course. En- well, Envy Peru wasn't included, I'm assuming. Um, no, I can't okay. remember the name. I can't remember the name of the one that I can't think of, though. I can't remember the name of the one that I can't think of. There was uh, Madam Madness, the Madam Queen. Madness, and also then the, the the like other sex, like the one with like the sexy sexy queen. But Janie Jacay. Janie Jacay. How did I forget about Janie Jacay? And then you've Megan Shunbrot. That's good, though. I wasn't sure how well you do. That's good. yeah. I mean, no, well, you, I, you are I'm... a drag race expert, so I suppose I should have had higher hopes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm impressed. I was able to pull that out. I don't think I I feel like as if this is the sort of this is what you need me on your your table quiz team for mm, is, is drag race. I mean, drag I race, I, I asked myself during the week 
And I think I'm quite good with names. And I got nine out of ten, but I could not remember Chelsea Boy from my life, and which is weird because he's one of my faves. They are one of my faves. Yeah. So. Um, anyway, little anyway. pop quiz aside. I wonder how well you did at home. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know we'll be back with you on Saturday for another episode of Drag Race All Stars Six where they're going to be doing sort of like chat shows or something. So that's going to be fun. Uh, Until then, have a a lovely end of your week and we'll talk to you then. See you. Love you. Bye. Bye. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.